This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Welcome back to another edition of Author You, your guide to book publishing. And we're going to take a little tweak, a little twist, a little turn, but really open up a massive path for who you are, what you are, what you want to write, where you want you to take your publishing to go, what journey you're going to travel on, what path you'll take, what barriers you're going to, you're going to come to as well as overcome. In other words, we're going to be doing some deep diving. And with me today is Mara Pearl. Now, Mara is an amazing individual. Not only is she a mega bestseller author, she is a principal in a publishing company. She is an actress. You may have seen her on Days of Our Lives years ago. But she also created an awesome uh, serial, a radio serial on the BBC that was so successful that she turned it around and, and seeded her own publishing endeavors. And so what this show is, is derived from a conversation that Mara and I were having not too long ago about what makes authors tick. And I was referring her to uh, a book that I have uh, certainly in, in talk about, which is Simon Sink's, you know, the why. Uh, why do you do things the way you do it? And it really ties in to what I've talked about in publishing for a zillion years is authors aren't successful if they bring their passion to the front of the fold from the get-go. And with that passion comes their vision of what they see for themselves in their book and as well as their commitment. And it all comes back to why do you do what you do? So with that, Mara, welcome back to Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. Thank you, Judith. I always love these conversations we have. We do. And, and <laughs> we do have fun. And, and Mara, for those of you who are regular listeners, might recall that we have done a few shows with her about narrative. And yes. just just deep dive into the writing skill. So um, we may hook back to that. You, one never knows. But I, I think that what's important is to know how to get focused because the why, the why we do what we do has to tie in, has to be joined at the hip of getting focused. Would you agree, Mara? Totally agree with that. And it doesn't really matter where in your journey you are. It's really always great to ask yourself these important questions. Whether you're just starting out or whether you're coming back to writing after a hiatus for some reason, something else happened in your life, or you know whether you've had a different kind of career and you want to get started with this, it's that, so what do you do when this 
writing bug is sort of buzzing in your ear. You get this tap on the shoulder. Gee, I should write this. Or friends keep saying, that sounds like a good idea. You ought to write that as a book. So what are you supposed to do next? And, and what is the next? And how do you develop the next? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, so, and so what we're talking about today is going as deep as possible. You know, let's say that you want a new house and you want to build a house. Well, there are a lot of things that you have to do first. You don't just go out and get lumber and build a house. You know, you figure out the foundation. You figure out the blueprint. You figure out the site, how dig to deep, how, how deep to dig. And this gets to your comment about the why. Why should you even listen if you start to get this idea, gee, I should write this? Why do you want to do it? How will it change your life? Do you think that you have a message that's really that important that you need to share with others? Why should you pay attention to the idea and why should they? Well, one of the challenges, uh, I mean, I've had it for years, and I, and I suspect that you've had people who have heard you're speaking at writing conferences and the like, have, have approached me and said, you know, I, I want to write just like you. you know, can you tell me what, <laughs> can I tell, right. tell me what I should write? That's one of them. And then the other side is it that I've heard people from conferences where I have spoken at say that um, I, I, I would love to speak like you do. Um, what should I speak on? Okay, so they don't have their why in play. That's what they it's don't. They're clueless. No, they, they are clueless. They're, they're just trying to, you know, something looks good to them externally, and they think they can emulate that for some reason. But if you don't have a foundation, it's not sustainable. It's not really doable in the first place, but it certainly isn't sustainable. How are you going to speak event after event about something you don't feel passionate about? It, that, that when you do have down days, and by the way, all speakers do have down days. <laughs> they yeah. all have them. That, yeah, we're that, human. Yeah, exactly. Oh, really? All right, so then... <laughs> we're not machines? Or <laughs> <laughs> <Our> robots. <laughs> Um, that if you don't, if you can't uh, refuel yourself, self-generate yourself, really you're talking about self-generating um, yourself, when you do have those pity days, number one, your audiences know it instantly in your mm -hmm. control. They'll know it instantly. Well, and you know, those, those down days, those are the days to go back over these important questions. I mean, for me, I always start with the five questions that journalists have to ask who, what, when, where, why. Mm -hmm. And today we're starting with the why. So why does this matter to you, this thing that you're thinking about? And I don't care if it's gardening or classic cars or poetry or whatever your topic might be. It could certainly be valid, but you have to ask yourself, why is it valid to you? Mm -hmm. If maybe you've had an experience where you're speaking or you're teaching and you see the light go on in someone's eyes, that's a magical moment. And it's worth revisiting those moments in your life to say, now what got me there? What did I say that mattered so much to me that it really communicated itself to that other person and made a difference for them? So that's what, um, you know, Malcolm Gladwell called the tipping point. What's the tipping point mm -hmm. that pushes that over? 
or for some of us, you know, I'll talk about the epiphany dropped in when I realized someone was taking my ideas and my words and publish them and getting paid for it. That didn't go over well. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. So moments like that that are transformative, either because they, are, they sound a big warning note or because they profoundly inspire you. You know, Joseph Campbell used to talk about this. He used to say, mm. when the path opens up for you, it isn't going to necessarily come like a giant gong ringing in the woods. It could just be a small voice, a little feeling of, gee, that felt good. He said, when you get that, then do it again. Find out about it, because that could be your path opening right there. Well, I think the power, you know, those are those powers of the myths and all those things that we get into. But it it isn't usually a loud ringing. Um, Of course, those can be, you know, there there can be those come in. But usually it's just a little tinkle of a bill and it just that your awareness wakes up and then you take it. That's right. And that is really, that is the magic in life. And I many times have said in talks and so forth that I feel there is a kind of magical element to being an author. It's, there's part of authoring that is linear, logical, and just plain smart, hard work, as you and I know very, very well. Then there's another part of authoring, which is ephemeral, intuitive, harder to wrap your hands around, but mm-hmm. equally important. And so what we're talking about, that why, tends to live over in this intuitive side. And it's really important to listen to yourself and, and say, you know, I want excellence. It drives me crazy when, you know, let's say like you and I have a, a mutual friend who writes about classic cars. Mm-hmm. He probably would say it drives him crazy when he sees cars that are not restored properly. Well, instead of it just, being something that bugged him. He kind of decided to do something about it by writing these fabulous stories. So he writes a blog and he coaches people and he does restoration himself, but he also shows the excellence and the excitement in his particular field by writing his books. And because he's so passionate about it, he never runs out of ideas and he's never bored with it. No, and and since we're talking about Charles, um, I I remember him uh, over at his home. He invited me to his home one day, and literally, um, he has a pit. Most people have cement where the car drives in. He has a pit where the car where where several cars can go in, and they then he can go under them and. (laughs) and work on it. Right, right. Well, it's his passion, and he has given itself, given himself to it. And he's kind of given that world to a lot of others. I mean, I didn't think I was particularly interested in cars until I read that first book of his. And mm-hmm. I found it very exciting, and he really enrolled me in the possibility that excellence and meticulous attention to detail and a depth of knowledge and all that makes a big difference in this world and I just I love that well that's that's a storyteller so for your fiction you fiction listeners 
your storytelling is so e essential. I mean, the beauty that Charles brought in his book, you know, the 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 bootlegger, the forty bootlegger Ford, um, is so wonderful that you're right there. And I remember asking Charles, um, so so which parts did you make up? And he says they're all true. I said, or I said, I said, is, it, is this all true? And he says, absolutely, just except for the parts I made up. I said, okay, so we'll figure. <laughs> All right, so we'll take a quick break here. With me is Mara Pearl. You're listening to Author You, your guide to book publishing, and we'll be right back. is your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles and we'll be right back with more great information right after these is there a book in you or another author you will show you how to create develop and publish your book without being hoodwinked if you already have a book out You'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has possessed punch and panache author you is for you if you're a hobbyist or a casual author it's not join author you today through its website at authoru.org. follow author you on twitter at author you and on facebook at author you where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily author you where the author goes to become seriously successful Impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an ebook, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop, sizzle, and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience. And your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand. Nick Selinger of NZ Graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts. With over 20 years of experience in graphic design, he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need, such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, at Author You, your guide to book publishing, we do not discriminate. We were talking about fiction as we came up to the first break. And the magic word story 
was being used. And that those of you who are nonfiction writers, I don't, you are not left out because you should be using story as well. And oh, that's so true. Yeah. Oh. I mean, nonfiction, you know, you were talking about Malcolm Gladwell. Now, that's somebody who has a passion for what it is that's going on in our society. He'll look at something like, why do these shoes become bestsellers and those shoes don't? Or why was there a problem with communicating within cockpits on commercial jetliners? He'll take any societal issue that starts to intrigue him and really do deep research and then he'll tell the story of what is so in that field and what the problems are and what might be able to be done about it. And it's absolutely fascinating. And again, with his passion for his subject, he never runs out of ideas. He always has something more that he's going to be looking into. So he's driven by that why. He has figured out his why. Yes, he has. So you're going into that. Um, I mean, as you know that I'm at the printer as this first airing of this podcast on my next book on how to write a million-dollar speech, and that there there is a huge why, in, you know, why do it? Because when you learn how to speak and you position yourself, you will sell a boatload of books. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, right. that's the why for you to get the book. The why for me is that I've done it successfully for several decades. And why is I wanted to share. My why was I wanted to share what made it work for me as I know it can work for you. If you'll commit. If you'll see yourself as a speaker and that kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. I mean, that's going to really draw people into something if they have that passion and commitment. And we were talking about story, and I have this thing that I call story lens. I feel that story is a lens through which we can examine the deeper issues of life. So those of us who are authors, it's kind of like we do the research and development for the planet. We throw ourselves into the what if. We look deeply into something that interests us, whether it's fictional non-fictional, both of which really are rooted in research and truth, and then we report back with the story. And then is it, it, when you talk about your method, Mara, is there a step-by-step that you go through with that? Well, there is. I learned a lot from doing uh, big book festival kinds of events years ago when I didn't quite know what I was doing yet. I came from, as you mentioned, I came from being a performer. So I did a lot on stage and on television and I was comfortable being in front of people. So speaking was a natural extension of that. Mm -hmm. But I went to the second largest book event in the country, which is the LA Times Festival of Books. And I walked around that festival kind of trying to understand it and make sense of it and see what touched me and what impressed me. And that's where I began to understand the the importance of focusing your message. If If you're trying to do too many things, say too many things all at once, people can't grasp what you're doing and what you're trying to say. And that was very helpful to me, not only in how to present myself, 
but in how to brand, ultimately, how to brand my novels, uh, how to figure out exactly what my genre was, how to figure out my target audience. So I ask a lot of questions both of myself and uh, of my readers to find out what's working for them, what interests them. And did it alter? Did it alter anything that you were originally focused on that you thought was the answer? Or did it reconfirm it? Yes, I think some of both. I mean, I think naive authors, when we start out, we may feel, well, if I write a good story, everybody will like it. Mm -hmm. And that belief that all books are for all people, Mm -hmm. that just isn't true at all. And you don't need everyone to read your book. You need people who are interested in your particular field to read your book. So then you start to have to ask yourself, well, what is my field? What do I care about the most? Who do I feel are my readers? What do I have to say to them? What do we have in common? So I began to refine and focus what I was saying, how I was saying it, the storylines that I was writing, even this may sound funny, even to the point of what I was wearing at my events. Mm-hmm. It affects everything. It affects your book cover. It affects the, the colors that you choose. It, if you really drill down into your deepest core beliefs and choose carefully, choose the things you care about the most, then let those start to express themselves in your writing. It'll change You'll, you'll get rid of some of the clutter and some of the chatter and the white noise, and you'll have a clearer message. And that, so that really does incorporate, there's your why, and then, but you also brought up something which was essential, and you and I both know that so many of these authors miss it, and that's the who. It's the who. And yeah, knowing... Absolutely. Yeah, knowing who your who is, is essential to any core message. Because when you know who the who is, you know who you're writing for. That's right. When you know who the who is, you know how you have to do your marketing. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's not, to me, my writing isn't just sort of uh, Mm self-indulgence. Like, I don't care, I'm just going to sit in my office and write what I want to write, and I don't care who reads it. I mean, there may be people who are living their lives that way, but that's not what we're up to at Author U. Not at all. We're saying we're actually here for transformation. We're here to make a difference. We have a message that we believe in so passionately. We know that it will touch you and move you and inspire you in new ways. That's why we're doing it. But I do not write for accountants. I do not write for engineers. It may be that there are some accountants and engineers who get interested in my subject. That's fine. But they are not my target audience. And, and that's so critical. You know, people, as a speaker for several decades, people would ask me um, who I spoke for. And I said, it's always best to ask me who I don't speak for. Who I don't speak for. And, yeah. and I and I had I had four critical categories that I always stayed away for. It was the wrong fit. Now, as you just said, there's always exceptions. There, there's always, as an as an author, there's always people 
who come in from the outside of what you think your target market is uh, and your target reader is. That is the exception. But if you understand who that is, you'll be, number one, you'll save a lot of time on mm -hmm. out and expressing yourself and connecting. You'll save a lot of time on how to writing, advertising, marketing copy. You'll just do a boatload of different things in that process uh, instead of thinking you're for the dreaded everybody word. Yeah, you find your niche. And I have this sort of philosophical, spiritual belief that every one of us has a niche and that only we can fill that particular niche. You know, only you can be Judith. Only I can be Mara. And so what we're talking about is honing and refining and understanding the clearest expression of identity. And it's when you hear someone speak who's very clear on their subject, I mean, this always happens to me when I hear you speak, is that I get what you're saying. You say it so clearly. I know where you're coming from. It's a trustworthy message. It makes sense. I go home with something valuable. You know, and that's what I want to deliver with my books, with my speaking, but also with my branding. I want people to be able to look for one second at my book cover, you know, and get an impression. Oh, yeah, I understand that. I know what that's about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and you, you're talking about covers and branding. If you see it with the, the major authors out there, that their covers all have a similarity. And it could be the font style and the size of their name on the cover is the brand. I mean, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, you see, all you have to do is look at James Patterson and, you know, right. James that's Patterson or, or, you know, you look at Dan Brown and, and when you look at, I love the branding that he and his team have done, his book covers, his website, and what he wears to his events and what he speaks about. There's a sense of history. There's a sense of deep research. You know, you're down in the bowels of a library or a cathedral and you're looking for secrets. And that world, he isn't tempted. You know, he doesn't do any like pastel colors on his covers because why would he? That would not make any sense. It's very carefully chosen and it all is connected to his branding. It's bolding. So in developing your why, I think all of you should be really thinking about, and this is this is where I, you know, my why started with my passion and then my vision. You know, I had to be driven. That was that was where my passion would come from. But the visual is what what I look for, what I, what I want it to look like, what I want it to feel like when people are viewing it or reading it, um, that experience. And that's all part of the brand mechanism as you go along and so the sooner you start developing that uh, the better because you may think you're just doing one book trust me you've got many books and books that is so books. true that is so true and if you start trying to market a book that you are now tired of mm -hmm. you just can't do it it's not sustainable that's why, that's one of the most important reasons why we're recommending to people, really think about your passion, the things you care about the most, because likely you will always care about those things and you will never grow tired of speaking about them and sharing your ideas with people. All right, let's take one more break. We'll be right back. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. 
Podcast with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Want to publish like a pro today? Well, then take a look at Ingram Spark, the only publishing platform that offers print and ebook services through a single source. Upload, edit, and manage titles all in one place. Take more control of printing costs with print on demand and reach even more readers through one of the world's most extensive distribution networks. Built by independent publishers for independent publishers, Ingram Spark has everything you need to maximize your book's potential. Color printing, ebook distribution, print on demand, global reach, and more. Start publishing with Ingram Spark today and see just how far your titles will go tomorrow. That's IngramSpark.com. Many of us have dreamed of writing a book. Some of us even have. Then the hard work starts. You'll need an editor. Who will design the cover or typeset the pages? Who will format the ebook? If you're a business owner, consultant, or coach with a serious message and expertise to share, the team of experts at 1106 Design can guide you through the maze. They've helped more than a thousand authors create top quality books and avoid the not so reputable self publishing companies. Learn more at 1106design.com. Then call Michelle at 602 866 1106 Design. Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972. They believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing questions. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me today is Mara Pearl, and you can find her at Mara Pearl, and that's M-A-R-A-P-U-R-L.com. She has a terrific blog, and her books 
um, because this this was her why, and maybe she'll, Mara, you'll get into those a little bit, really all come out of the central coast of California and in a mythical town that is very similar to a town I've been in several times called. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. Um, but that's where you that's where you seed and you get start. That's where formations start. So yes, and I I would love to to share that story. Um, in fact, that's kind of a nice lead into something that you and I had been talking about called self messaging. Yeah. So sure, you know, sure. yeah. all of us have sort of background noise going on in our heads. We have a conversation that we sometimes tune out, sometimes tune into. Whether that conversation is, I have to do the laundry, or, you know, gee, I'm, um, I'm hungry, it's time to take a break. I mean, those, those little cues that we are giving ourselves. And it's hard sometimes to take control of that background conversation because we're sometimes unaware that it's going on. But it almost always is going on. So as we begin a practice, of listening to what it is that we're saying to ourselves, I think that we can discover some guidance in that background noise as, I, you know, as we get better at, at listening and sort of filtering out the garbage and tuning into, hmm, that felt good. It's like that little bell that you mentioned earlier and that I was talking about with Joseph Campbell, just a, like a little feeling. So... I had that little feeling when I first went to this town, the real town you were talking about is Cambria, California, which is halfway between San Francisco and Los Angeles. So it's a little far for, you don't just drive there for the afternoon. It's, it would, that would be an eight-hour drive. It's too much, which has left it slightly undiscovered, which is one of the wonderful things about it. Well, I was invited to spend a summer there because I was, co-starring in a wonderful play. So in the evenings, I was busy performing, and by day, I began exploring. And everything about this little town was kind of intriguing to me. I grew up in Tokyo, millions of people. Then I lived in New York, and then I lived in Los Angeles. So I knew zero about a little town. So I was kind of fascinated by what is life like in a little town? And then I began to think of it as a framework for a story. I thought, gee, this is a be a great microcosm of human behavior and the choices that we make and things come back at you very quickly in such a small community and there isn't much anonymity. Everybody kind of knows your business because it's such a small community. So for all those reasons, I began to write a story and this became the first version of my radio drama, which became a local hit and then it became a hit in about six American cities, and then the BBC heard about it, and as you mentioned, it got picked up. It was the first American radio serial that the BBC ever broadcast, and we were competing with some of the best radio dramas in the world, so we didn't know how successful we would be. Well, it turned out we became a hit. We had four and a half million listeners, and you know, it was a great, great experience. So that self-messaging was saying to me, there's something going on here. There's some validity that people are experiencing. There's something people are feeling that by moving to a small community, they are somehow finding themselves 
and achieving goals that were eluding them until they made this choice to move to this little town. So, of course, that's what my protagonist does. And um, when she moves, her name is Miranda, and when she moves to Milford Haven, my little town, everyone thinks she's crazy. She's an artist, and she has just started to kind of hit it big in the city. She's from San Francisco. And her manager is going to drop her. Her parents are you know, complaining. Her sister thinks she's lost her mind. But there's some inner voice that she is responding to. And I'm telling that story because I'm asking, I'm inviting readers to consider that kind of a storyline for themselves. It doesn't have to be about a little town. It doesn't even have to be about moving. But it does have to be about responding to some inner voice that's saying, there's something special for you to do. Only you can do it. When are you going to do it? And why not now? And if not now, when? And if not you, who? And, and, and who is what it's about a lot of time. Yeah, it is. And you, the more you discover your own journey of identity, well, then the more you have to say to your readers and the better you know who your readers are. And, and you'll get to, and, you, and I've always said, you've heard me say this several times, Mara, the more you niche yourself, the bigger your market is. So it is true. And that's why that you don't write for everybody. You write for someone's, whoever the someone's are. And the sooner you know who those individuals are you're reaching out to, it just makes, I think, the writer's life, the author's life, so much easier. Oh, easier and richer and more fulfilling. I mean, I got invited to speak to a book club in January. And it, this was once a year, three book clubs get together and they invite one author. So this was my year. And they said, yeah, we'd, we'd like you to speak for a couple of hours. And I gasped. You want me to talk for two hours? <laughs> But they didn't want a prepared talk. They wanted to just be able to hear me ramble on about why I write and what I write and what the books are about. And do you know, it ended up being something like four hours. It was absolutely fantastic. But everybody in that room, we were so on the same page. These were my readers. You know, They all had read at least one of my books. They knew more or less, what I was up to, and they wanted to know more. And that rich conversation that actually has led me to writing a new story that came right out of that conversation, which all that to say that in a way, our writing, we think of it maybe as a monologue. But you know what? I think it's more of a dialogue. Uh, always. I think you think, oh, you need to always think of dialogue. And, and, and one of my techniques, Mara, is that when you're, you're stuck at all in writing, and I didn't mean to get the, the writing techniques, but one of the things is just put the top, your laptop down or step away from your desktop and turn to the side and imagine your ideal write, reader right with you. And you're going to have a cup of coffee or tea or a glass of wine or beer or fill in the blank. And you're just going to have a conversation and have it. You know this person. You know who your reader is. And, and just have a dialogue with them. And I'm going to guarantee when you go back to the keyboard, stuff will start to flow again. You are exactly right. That is 
fabulous. I absolutely, I absolutely love that. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's, yeah. talk, let's move into this, this whole thing of self-messaging. So, you know, you talk about it being absolutely the core of your foundation. It's your infrastructure. You know, it's like, so, so when you're building a house, you got to build that infrastructure from and, and digging down and you get your foundation in. Um, that's the way I kind of think of it. Yeah, me too. And so if you're, you got to be honest with yourself when you're building a house or when you're writing a book, you really have to start with that core authenticity. You know, authentic and author come from the same root word. And that honesty, like, what do you want in your house? Are you really going to be happy with, like, one tiny bathroom? No. So those are the questions you ask yourself. What do I really want to have in that space that I hope to live in for the rest of my life? That self-messaging, that saying to myself, you know, I really don't care about a huge closet, but I got to have a fabulous kitchen. Or maybe it's the opposite. I never cook. I don't care about the kitchen, but I got to have me a walk-in closet. Ask yourself these deeper questions. Like, I don't really care about mystery. That sort of is a waste of, it's silly. I mean, who cares? They're fictional characters. It doesn't really matter what happened. But if you're going to talk to me about what goes on when a, when a jetliner is dealing with people in the cockpit who are speaking different languages. I want to know exactly what happened in that cockpit. So you, you have to find out what you truly care about and, and listen to yourself and be okay with it. You know, sometimes we have this, I should like such and such. I should be interested in such and such. We have to let that go. Oh yeah, well, that's that old old saying, Mara, and we're gonna we're coming up to our next final break here. But that was saying you've got to get the shoulds out of your life because usually the shoulds are other people's shoulds, and they just they, they for whatever reason they can't do them, so they're gonna decide they're gonna should you to do them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's totally wrong. And that's yeah. part of the clutter. We've got to get rid of that clutter. Take it all to goodwill and leave it there, and don't ever go back and pick it up. That's and right. then what you're left with is what you actually are interested in. All right. And with that, we're going to take our final quick break here. And we're going to come back and some final thoughts on self-messaging. And then where do you take it for the next? is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need the book shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems. You want solutions. 
Dr. Judith Bryles will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd. If you want to create a book with no regrets, give her a call today. 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207. Or email her at Judith at Bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at My Book Shepherd and on Facebook at The Book Shepherd. One of the most important decisions you will ever make is your choice for printing your book. You are choosing a company which will be responsible for guiding you through the process and printing your book at a level of quality and detail that embraces your personal and creative needs. You want to choose a company that when your book finally arrives, you are delighted and ready to move on to the next level and one that is customer focused. Choose King Printing Company and Addy Books to be that company that brings you to the next level. Go to kingprinting.com or call 978-458-2345 and ask for Tom Campbell. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years' experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR, perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types including side sewing we provide warehousing kitting distribution inventory management a new print on demand facility streaming browser based ebooks and bookstore call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project you can also visit our website at www.tps1.com Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me today is Mara Pearl. She's the author of several books, um, and you can find out information about Mara. I encourage you to follow her on her blog at marapearl, M-A-R-A-P-U-R-L.com. And we've been talking about a variety of areas around the why of what you do, of what you write, what you publish, and really focused on self-messaging, which brings us to the what the next. And Mara... And maybe the first segment or the second segment, we were talking about the magic. And one of the words uh, that's critical to finding what's magical is the word focus. And as you bring this all together of incorporating the why of what you do and who you are into producing the final outcome, which is your book and everything else that you're going to do in its production and outcome, 
is you've got to be focused from the get-go. So, Mara, let, let's kind of take that back because it, it is focusing is magic. If you're unfocused, you're not going to get anywhere. Well, you will. You'll, you will go randomly who knows where. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yes, that's exactly right. And what we've been discussing may seem sometimes like kind of woo-woo, philosophical, yeah, that's all fine, but how am I going to sell books? But actually, this is the very information that we know from experience will help you sell books, and nothing else really will do it the way this will do it. So in other words, as you get clearer about what you're talking about, why you're talking about it, why it matters to you, who you're wanting to reach, who your target audience is, you will start to achieve the very focus that you're talking about, Judith, so that you realize, you know, I never have to wear green again because it's not part of my brand. I need to wear, I need to wear orange or, you know, whatever organically comes from the work that you are doing. Everything will come out of it. It will become your text. It will become your subtext. It will become your characters. It will also become your branding. Not only it'll become the fonts that you use, the style of cover that you use, It'll become the elements that you put on a table when you're selling your books. It'll become the things that you speak about. It'll become what you wear. Everything will be integrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mentioned something about the elements on your table when you sell your books. I know when I was really traveling extensively, um, I was like a little mini store, and we, ca- we carried seasonal things, decorations for the different seasons with yeah. us um, as we decorated and, and that was one of the things we did or I've certainly seen what you do where you have your shell motifs yeah. that you tie in with the coastline um, well you know I began to realize duh I'm writing a coastal series everything that I present should connect visually with the setting of my stories mm-hmm. and I had never worn blue in my life I began to wear blue it's ocean blue I realized that for each of my stories, I focused on a particular shell that became the icon for that story. And I started collecting shells and bringing them. People love shells. But not only was it a pleasant, cute thing to have, it actually would become a talking point. So someone would come to my table and pick up, let's say, a heart cockle shell and say, wow, that's a beautiful shell. And that gave me an opening to say, yes, it's in the shape of a heart. Well, my stories are all about the heart. And off we went into a conversation about what my stories are about and why they matter. Mm-hmm. And it is a beautiful show, The Heart Call. Really yeah, cool. yeah. So that's... But, that's you know, finding that, that it may seem like a stupid little thing, but, but finding those icons really makes a difference. I arranged a special event in New York several years ago for myself and another author named Lori Jameson. Lori had written a book called Side Canyons. It was a memoir about going down the river in the Grand Canyon. And I asked her to bring gifts for everyone at the event that we would put at each person's place. We were doing a sit-down, elegant tea. And she brought arrowheads. And, of course, I brought shells. Mm -hmm. And you want to talk about magic. People arrived at the event and sat down and went, now, why is there a shell next to my spoon? 
and why do I have an arrowhead? So they were already being drawn into the stories that we were about to tell them just by having the correct little objects right there on the table. It's the little things that, you know, the little finger things. <laughs> they can, yeah. They can get into. All right. They're symbols. They're symbols of something, of things that are much bigger. And, and so that, that's what's really important. Now, we're talking about, really, we're talking about packaging you, our, listen, our listeners. It really, what, what is your package? What, what is the package that you want to emulate the people who first meet you? What do you want to emulate when people who are sitting down to listen to you talk about your words, your concept, your theme, your solutions, fill in the blank, what you're doing? Um, what do you want them to take away? Because I, I think that, and Mara, you sell your shells, do you not? Well, I, what I sell are jewelry that I make from the shells. Um, I worked with a jewelry designer, and we designed some charms that are based on shells, and we sell those. So, yeah. And, and so now we're talking about product, evolution of product. Yeah. Uh, that you can come out with. So there, there is just really a lot of things that you can do in this process to really make a significant difference to being unbelievably successful as an author. So it starts with the why. Why are you doing this? Who are you doing it for? Then you can fill in all the what, where, and when <laughs> in the process. We might as well hit all the W's we're supposed to tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and then bring it all together. And that's what makes it fun. To, to me, that's what makes it fun as you go along. And as you, you know, know who's somebody who's, who's very clear about her branding in an unusual way is Jane Seymour. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know her from mostly historic dramas, and she tends to play these romantic parts and so forth. Mm-hmm. Well, the acting business isn't always as glamorous as you might think, and there are some times that you're waiting for several years before your next series. But what she realized was that she had developed a sense of style over the years, kind of a Victoriana style. Mm-hmm. And she got very good at decorating houses. Well, she would move into a house, she would decorate it, and then sell it as a Jane Seymour house with all the decorations included. So she developed an entirely new product line based on what she began to understand was her brand. And, and how old is she now? You know, I, I'm in her 60s, probably. She's, she's in her late 60s. Do you know she is now being featured in Playboy magazine? Oh, wow. <laughs> Life is good. I just, I just <laughs> thought I'd throw that on the table for everyone. They just did a spread on her. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So in our in our last couple of minutes that we have here, let's just do a recap. Um, that that you you when you think about the the why, that's where your writing bug comes from. That's what, as as Mara said, has been buzzing around in your ear. Um, and the thing is that it, when do you listen to it or when do you ignore it? Do you have any tips on that, Mara? I would say if you hear it three times, mm. you need to pay attention to it. 
Or, you know, you, you have those serendipity things. Someone else mentions it to you, and then you're there, you're sitting in a movie, and all of a sudden the whole theme is about whatever has been buzzing in your head. The message exactly. being dropped yeah. into your lap. Pay attention. It's synchronicity. Synchronicity is a big clue that your path is opening. Mm-hmm. So, so it, that's where you want to take it and run to it. And I know there are many times that I have personally started on books thinking, okay, I want it because I write nonfiction. For my own self and that I'm thinking I'm going down the path and then other things drop in and push it out of the way um, because they're the ones that are yelling look at me look at me pay attention uh, yeah. you, need to play, you need to play here and we all have those so you need to start uh, doing that in that and paying attention to that and then the second part of this is pay attention to the buzz that who needs who needs your message and I think that that's... Right. And once, once you get pretty clear about your message and it's beginning to make sense to you, then you start to say, well, who is out there who's like me, who needs this information? And guess what? That's going to be your reader. That's going to be your who. And that's just where you... Then you brand around that and you start thinking marketing. You write blogs. You do tips. You do a variety of things. Um, and that is going to kind of wrap us up here, Mara. <laughs> We're well, another really great conversation. So interesting. And, you know, you and I are very serious about success for ourselves and for all of our listeners. So I think this is practical information. All right. So that's the bottom line, that if you want to be a seriously successful author, you want to figure out what other seriously successful authors are doing. The Internet opens up unbelievable avenues and doors for all of you to track them down, to read their blogs, to to even connect with them and that's the bottom line you got to stay out there you got to stay tied in with authors who are doing it because that's how you're going to learn and with that it's another writing and publishing week for author you with your guide to book publishing part of your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles